I'm Howard Brown, the senior pastor at Christ Central Church. I don't think I really said my name today. Um, you know, these these lessons and carols um, are just different than our worship regular worship service, and sometimes I can get real wooden when I get nervous, so I apologize, y'all, um, for not giving. And welcome this morning. Good to have you. Merry Christmas to you guys. I hope everybody had a good Christmas. Um, and... Um, I ended up, you know, from last week I told y'all I can be somewhat of a Scrooge at Christmas. I don't really like it that much. But, you know, after it happened, it was pretty good. Um, (laughs) We had a friend come and he was like, you know, you come to a certain age where, you know, you're not anticipating Christmas because, you know, you when you're young, you're waiting for those gifts the next day. And when you get our age, you just kind of wait for the bills the next day. But um, it is different when you have kids. Man, I, I was having a hard time sleeping just waiting for them to get up. Um, to open their presents, you know, see how they acted. And they acted happy, so it was good. Um, we're going to do uh, your bulletin says homily. Again, that means short message, so here we go. Um, we're going to look at uh, the lesson from the first, second, and the fourth reading, which has yet uh, to be read. And um, I think uh, I'm going to read it. And then we're going to hear it again afterwards, okay? So don't be like, hey, they messed that up. Um, No, we didn't. I'm going to read it twice. So the first uh, lesson was when the angel came to see Mary. And um, this second one is when the angels see the shepherds come to give the good news to the shepherds in the field. Verse 8 in chapter 2 of Luke says this, And there were shepherds living out in their fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angels of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. It says, Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Here's something I believe, just one thing. There's a lot of things we can say about joy. There's a whole book of the Bible basically on, you know, the main subject being joy. But when I look at these lessons we have before us, these uh, accounts in Luke 1st and 2nd chapter, 1st with Mary and then the shepherds, I believe these stories of angelic, joyful, eventually joyful visitations teach this about joy. That joy, God's joy, it happens upon us. It happens upon us. Let me help you because we are insulated by what happens to Mary and the shepherds when these angels visit. We see it on the cards, right? You see the angel coming, and some cards are over the top. They have these kind of fat little rosy cheek, formula fed looking babies called cherubims, right? But these angels, uh, the scripture says here at the end of the shepherds visit, the host of angels. These are like the fighting angels. These are like the armies of God singing. This is the marine choir, if you will. And then, you know, when they show up, it is more like the ominous nature of like the wraiths. Remember them things on Lord of the Rings, for those of you who saw the movie, than Michael Landon or Della Reese. Okay. Haha. This is like the police or the sheriff coming to your door at 2 a.m. in the morning. 
So this is not like seeing a UPS guy. You immediately think this can't turn out to be anything happy or joyful for me. And so the Bible says they are startled, startled, shocked, afraid. Even after they say goodwill to you, this is not bad news. And it teaches us something about ourselves and our interaction with God's joy. Joy startles and surprises us when it happens to us. We're shocked when joy comes or good news comes. First, because unlike the angelic joyful spiritual world we see here, without a shadow of doubt, angels or not, the other shoe will drop for us, right? There is more bad news and hidden evil in the real world. Not this angelic, let the angels sing world, but we are afraid to be joyful because we think it only lasts a moment. And not only that, but if God or his angels knew the real, you and me, he and they would know that we have deserved and sown sadness in our lives, not goodness. That we're not good enough for joy. So we expect and should expect anything but that the real you deserves to be punished to get that bag of switches, right? If God were real, and he is, there is no way you should be happy or know about this joy thing or he should be about bringing joy into your life. And on top of that, who, who has ever experienced a team or dynasty or relationship, or job situation without any failures or letdowns or abandonment. So if you're like me, when there is a call to be joyful or excited or cheer is another word for joy, cheerful, uh, for someone or something or for someone, or we get scared. It is like, beware, if you are too joyful, something is wrong with you. You're stupid, you're crazy, you high or something. Don't, don't get too happy and you can't be that happy or really joyful because there's nothing or anything that good going on or happening to you. Here's what is interesting here in these texts of angels announcing something to be joyful about. Again, joy therefore has to startle and surprise and interrupt them and has to startle and surprise us as well. What am I saying? Joy is not something you work yourself into. Like Mary and the shepherds, joy, it comes because God has invaded a world, invaded our world. There's this shock to our brokenness and sadness of God's goodness and power. Some of you know that on Saturdays during football season, though Clemson plays on TV a good bit, it's usually Raycom. We ain't like the SEC. We don't have our own network and everything. Making money for ESPN. And I'm not bitter or anything, but I'm just saying. (laughs) I record the game. And then if I find out we win, I'll watch it. Because I have a hard time coming on Sunday morning loving God if our team loses. It's a holy practice of faith for me to record the game, not check my iPod, I mean, not check my 
internet or whatever, my phone. Sometimes I'm like, Kelly, can we go to the movies? Let's pick a good long one, like three hours long. Well, one day I went to record the game, the last game of the season, and I had to turn it to the channel to hit the record button. There's a first kickoff, and, you know, there was a penalty, and our guy ran it, and then they re-kicked it. And when they re-kicked it, our guy ran it all the way back. And I was jumping up in that house. Oh, yeah! And Kelly caught me. She goes, look at you! And I, you know, was like, I immediately shut that down. Because I, when I went crazy, I was like a cheerleader, but I felt like I looked like one that had the pom-poms in the skirt. No, but she, she caught me, and so I immediately shut that down. And for good reason, because we got our behinds handed to us after that kickoff return. That was the only happy thing that happened in the game. You know, it was like I was glad I didn't watch or get happy. But joy had to invade me. Because like you, I run and I hide from it. I don't want to go through life to have to experience. And sometimes in this world, it does escape us and run for us. And we get cut off, cut off from it by no fault of our own directly. And it has to startle and surprise and visit and find us and come upon us, up on us, right? And it means this. Someone else has to come into your life and win in order for you and me to believe and cheer and shout praises and experience Joy, right? And here's the good news. Joy has come to us. The angel's instructions are interesting here. As we, I read through it, it's like, I bring you good news. I bring you good news of great joy. And, and then to Mary, blessed are you among women. You will give birth to God. That's all. And that that's all made her and these and the and the shepherds lose their mind. Mary sings a song, and the shepherds, the third shift lowlifes, get a divine rendition of Handel's Messiah. The coming of Jesus in the world means that real joy, that is eternal, real joy, a, a non-losing relationship has been given to them. It's been delivered to them. Joy comes upon them now. It's like the angels rang the doorbell dropping Jesus on at the door and ran and ran off and that delivery of joy changes these folks' lives. It changes how and why they act. Like, like that run back that day when I was watching TV. Try as hard as you can not to watch one glimpse and acknowledgement of the gospel can mean joy breaks in where you least expect it. But like that game, it is not a joy you can work in yourself for yourself. Sometimes I wonder about our lack of worship and praise and express joy as a congregation, especially at Christ Central Church and and our people. You know, sometimes as is a sign that we may be weary of being too overjoyed. That, you know, I've heard this, we've been hurt in the past. That we came out of the charismatic movement. That we are now informed and reformed. We edumacated now. We want to, how do we say it, grow in our faith and learn now. When I was in college, man, 
we love Jesus. We're like Jesus freaks in that bad boy. Every hour praying and just wild kids. And then life hit and you're like, oh, yeah, that wasn't real. But some of us have taken our view of sanctification and growing in Lord as a controlled group of people who can't express joy. That joy can't come upon that, that, you know, we, we are now carrying around sadness and heaviness and carnality and way too pensive and caught up in intense in, in here, me included. I don't want to. Or have any big reason to lose emotional control or be happy or shout or thank God or rejoice. Scariest word for some of us here. Rejoice, y'all. Come on. Maybe they'll do it. Then we'll talk about them later. Here's the problem. You and I are still trying to control joy from disappointing us. We believe ultimately that we can get and must gain for ourselves joy with or without God. But here is what's hard, but I believe is true. Joy is always a surprise. As in this text, it's an unexpected gift that we must trust God alone to give through the work of Christ alone. Joy is not a marriage ba- merit badge of Christian maturity. The mature are those who have experienced joy as they walk with God through this life. Get this, joy happens to people, but people and people doing all the right things don't make joy happen. Now, wherever the gospel is, Wherever the good news is, joy is always a possibility. It could happen. And when it happens, here's what we forget to do. When it actually happens, we forget to rejoice. To actually release what is happy to us. And we're like, hey, I don't have any joy. Well, something good happened. You were joyful and you never rejoiced about it. It's hard because you don't control it. So what that means is what that means is that joy, God's joy, can break through. If it's not based on your control, if it's not based on the circumstances, if joy really is God breaking in His goodness upon us and doing something in life ridiculous that makes us laugh. I mean, Cher's telling her story, and we're laughing, and she's telling a deathbed story. Joy breaks in. We're, we're la- I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. So if circumstances and people and you and you're, you can't control it, it means that even then in unexpected places, joy exists. Even at the funeral. The best choir heard is still at my grandmama's funeral. I remember that day of worship was so good. We were having a great time at the funeral. The best singing I've ever heard, the most joyful worship service I've ever been to in my life were at funerals. Means they can happen in a hospital room, a deathbed. Because it is not under your or the world's control or your circumstances. 
joy happens to his people. Because over 2,000 years ago, like Mary and these shepherds, Jesus happened. And when Jesus happens, joy is a possibility and a reality. And I urge you, when it happens, when you hear the good news of the gospel, when you, when you hear about everlasting life in the face of death, when you hear that there's forgiveness for your sins, when you hear there's reconciliation for your relationships, rejoice. Joy is visiting you. You don't have to control it. You don't have to completely understand it. You don't have to have a theological you know, place for it or category for it. It is joy. It is happiness of God come upon you in your real world. Rejoice. Joy to the world. The Lord Jesus Christ has come. And joy happens. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, help us to rejoice. And recognize the joy that happens to us because of you. We didn't make it happen. And at certain times it shouldn't happen. But Lord, you break in with your good news. Help us not to miss it. Forgive us for trying to control it. And Lord, help us just to laugh and shout and sing and rejoice. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.